The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Mitch Fox are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 972-7420. That's 905-972-7420. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year to you all. Good morning, Scott. Morning, Mitch. And Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, another year is in the books. Hard to believe 2023 is, is behind us. And uh, quite a year. It was, uh, I guess every year is always quite a year. There's always something that goes on. Um, but this one here, there, you know, last year in 23, it started off pretty strong and then it got weak. Interest rates were finally falling dramatically over the course of the year and end up on a strong note in terms of the stock markets and, for that matter, the bond markets. Lots of newsworthy items between, you know, uh, invasions and wars, etc. cetera, um, but a lot of noise. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, too, Don, because as we've talked about affordability and high interest rates in the past year. Now we're hearing more and more about the U.S. going to, Bank of Canada is not too quick to say this right away, but next year in the U.S. we're going to see three different cuts or could see three different cuts to interest rates. Now we're hearing that more so we may see that or will see that in Canada as well. Yeah, great point, Scott. Yes, you're absolutely right. They they announced three cuts are potentially on the on the board there, and you know you never know. It could be more, but certainly three. And if they're doing three, I wouldn't not be surprised to see Canada following suit. It's normally the case, and uh, and with that in mind, you're going to see you know some relief on those variable rate mortgages, particularly um, lines of credits, and then you're already seeing now. Um, decreases in the longer-term mortgages. Um, you know, the five-year rates are already dropping. So great news for those that, uh, you know, are, are mortgage owners or going to be homeowners, et cetera, may even help, help the housing market. So lots to look forward to in 2024. And uh, I'm certainly gung-ho. And I know, Mitch, uh, you, know, you know, you're looking at the markets and certainly last year was one, if you missed uh, a little bit at the end, you might have missed the whole year. Yeah, I mean, happy New Year, guys. Hope you guys had a great New Year. And Don, happy birthday! It oh. was your birthday a few days ago, so I like all oh. the listeners. I hope they're wishing you a happy birthday as well. So big sixty-one. Um, good for you. You made it <laughs> another I, year. Um, if I had known that, I would have opened the show with happy birthday. I, I didn't even know. I'm sorry. We're, we're going to finish the show with patty wax. <laughs> yeah. I, I would yeah, I would no, put well, more emphasis on Happy New Year than my birthday, but anyway, so be it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, now that we got your birthday out of the way, it's all done with. Um, we can talk about the market here, and it's something that obviously everyone talks about all the time: is the economy and the market, and even more so. I feel like the last few years than than the years before that, because COVID, everything was super heightened. People were worried of recession, crashes, getting COVID, the, everything that came with that, lockdowns. And then the year after that, the few years after that, we've had inflation, interest rates, housing prices. And then as you mentioned before, we had Russia invading Ukraine. 
uh, and now other things as well. So there's always lots of stuff going on in the market. It always reacts to that. And some things last longer than others. 2023 was a great year. And 2022 was not such a great year. And uh, so let's kind of go over that a little bit um, and what you should be doing uh, going forward. So 2023, uh, we had the S&P do about 25%. The TSX did about 7.5%. And the Dow Jones did about 13%. And that's a great year. Um, it will take that every single year. And if, oh, if no you're kidding. looking at the, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would love for it to be a flat line and do that every single year. It would, it, it would be definitely put us out of a job probably. So maybe not best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too easy. If it just did that every year, everybody says, oh, this is a simple game. But uh, there's a little bit of emotion played with the way the markets actually work. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at a balanced portfolio last year, a balanced portfolio uh, did about 10% return. So that would be about a 60, 40, 70, 30, somewhere around that in equities and fixed income. And there was a lot of people talking about, should they be moving their investments into a GIC or maybe a money market or even our cash position at, at IG? So we we're they're ranging from about four and a half to 5% rate of return and that's it's a very desirable rate of return and i totally understand everyone that wants to to do that it's guaranteed there's no volatility but it really depends on what your goals are if you have a short-term goal that's a great place to park your money you're going to get that guaranteed interest and it's going to be there for when you need it but if you have long-term goals you're you shouldn't really be looking to get lured into that short-term game because the long-term it's not going to benefit you as much. So if you look at a $500,000 investment and you have a 4.5% GIC, so just in 2023 alone, at doing 4.5%, that at the end of the year, you're going to have $522,000, which is great. But if you just take a balanced portfolio, which isn't, which is kind of a mix of all of the markets here between Canada, US, Europe, fixed income, and you get roughly 10%, you're portfolio of $500,000 be worth $550,000. And so that's a difference of $28,000. So if you're investing long term, it's much better for you to not be getting lured into that uh, short term relief because you might be missing out on longer term interest rates. They're going to benefit you uh, much better. Uh, humans, they're just not, they're not good investors. And when things go down, they want to get out. And, and when things go up, they, they want to get in when in reality you should be doing the opposite and uh, a good quote from Charles Ellis uh, the author from investment policy is the average long-term experience in investing is is never surprising but the short-term experience is always surprising <laughs> so that's a great quote and if you look at 2022 that was a hangover year from the 2020 2021 COVID which the market went crazy because the money was pumped into the market so much for those few years. And then 2022 was a bit of a, a good hangover year. And then 2023, we're recovering and actually saw some markets uh, get back to all-time highs, which is a pretty quick recovery. When, If you were to just look at MarketWatch or any news for that matter, you would think that the markets did pretty terrible, to be totally honest with you, especially if you read news every day, about 90% of those articles are going to be negative. You know, that you can't hit it any better than that, Mitch, because, you know, you look at 
uh, some of our clients that watch, say, CNN. They've uh, used to be working all the time and they're trying to find something to do. They've recently retired and all of a sudden they're interested in their, their portfolio all the time because they're watching CNN. And if you want to guarantee to to be alarmed or surprised or find negative news, just put on the TV and watch their commentary on the stock market every day. It will drive yourself crazy. And it has, unfortunately, had some impact on some of our clients over the years where they've actually said, we got to get out of this. I've just been listening to this and Trump did this and this wars and this, all these things are going on in the world. And I said, you know, do you realize that these have been going on for 30 years? Maybe not the exact same events, but they've been going on. And at the end of the day, that's how you get average returns. Well, I mean, it's, thank you for the lead way into that one because I was actually about to go through examples for the things that have been <laughs> happening for years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, March 2000, in 2009, the Chrysler GM filed for bankruptcy. March 2011, we had the most powerful earthquake to ever hit. December 2013, we had a government shutdown. And 2014, September, we had Ebola. So there's all these massive things that have been happening all the time. And yet, I feel like the last three years, they've been heightened more so than ever. And a large part of that probably has to do with the growing user base on social media, uh, the availability of news being right at your hand. Uh, um, so people are and all these commercials saying that people can invest better and then um, popular interest rates coming out that, oh, you can get 4%. 5% and the market's going down, inflation's terrible. Every time I drive my car, uh, the news is telling me that the market's doing poor and that you should be talking to a um, moving to Well Simple or something like that. <laughs> but uh, um, when in reality, the, if you're looking at long term returns, these, these events have been going on for a long term, long time. In 2018, we had a, a second government shutdown. And uh, 2022, we had a Russia invaded Ukraine. And March 20, 2020, we had COVID. So there's all these things that are happening all the time. And if you're just looking for a long-term solid rate of return, you're going to get, a, on average, a down year every 25% of the time. So one out of every four years is going to be a down year. So the odds are overwhelmingly in favor to be green. Uh, you're much more likely to have a positive rate of return. But investors tend to lean to the bearish side, the downside, and be a little cautious um, in most often because the news is really out those negative articles. And so there's many more on that list. And and you would think that the markets are not going to go up all that often, but they do go up more often than they do go down. Um, so during that period of 2009 to 2019, the S&P 500 actually did 495% rate of return. So wow. if you just stick to that investment for that period, you basically times your money right there. And and you know what? All this kind of comes right back to, this is investing. This isn't speculating. This isn't gambling. And when you, the only time it is speculating or gambling is when you start looking at things at a shorter period of time. What's it going to do in the next year? Well, that's short term. What about the next quarter? Well, people are watching this minute by minute. If you're doing anything close to that, a year's too short. And therefore, with that in mind, if your time frame is too short, then you see the ups and downs a lot, a lot more. Yeah, I know. I know. We lot many people just had turkeys for Christmas, and a good way to think about that is if you just put the turkey in the oven, are you going to check it every five minutes to see how it's doing? No, you're going to put a timer on. 
you're going to check when it gets close to, you're going to see how the temperature is doing and maybe think about it then. And But then once the turkey's ready, you take it out and you can think of your investments pretty similar to that. You put it in and your, your plan is to take it out when you're 60, 65, when you retire. Yeah, it's nice to have checkups every once in a while, but uh, down years aren't necessarily a bad thing when you're, it's long-term investments. You can have volatility in there. Um, and once the plan is getting close to when you need to use it for your retirement cash flow or f- for large expenses, well, that's why you have a good financial planner to make sure you have a, a properly allocated portfolio so that your funds are there for you to use for everything that you're hoping for. I love the Christmas dinner analogy. You know, it's uh, either you're checking it too much or you're waiting for the smoke alarm to go off, I guess. Uh, you don't want to be on either end there. Uh, we are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Mitch Fox are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Mitch Fox are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. This is interesting. What the 1% do differently than the rest of us? I'm going to listen up to this one. Okay. And you know what? I agree. Mitch's analogy on the turkey is fantastic. I got this new gift, or for me it's new. It's called a meter. And meter is M-E-A-T-E-R. And you stick it in the turkey, which we used at Christmas. And the funny thing is, it's on an app. So you actually see here I'm thinking the temperature is set in your oven at a certain temperature. It stays that way, but it goes up and down the whole time. And it's kind of interesting. It averages a certain temperature, but it's up and down the whole time. Yet you see the turkey, the internal temperature of the turkey slowly getting higher and higher and higher, more or less on a straight line. And I, and to, you know, to Mitch's point, if that was the day-to-day activity of the news is the ups and downs of the stock market, but in the long term, your portfolio is gradually getting higher over the period of time. Of course, when it's done, it's time to take it out. So yes, um, even, even the ovens have ups and downs. They do not average at the 350 you set it at. They, they go up and down the whole time too. But to your going to the 10 rich habits, what do the 1% do differently? Well, I love this quote by Benjamin Franklin. Your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. And so at, at the end of the day, I, this is a great time for kind of your New Year's resolutions. I, I kind of thought I'd make it a little differently than say, okay, let's start to develop some rich habits. And that 1% glorified by the media, touted by corporations and always in social circles and in, um, social circles and media, it's always like, how does this one percent do it? Um, you know, they probably got lucky. They cut corners. They didn't pay enough income tax. These are the things that we always hear about, um, but definitely it's not true. They most certainly didn't work hard for this money, did they? Well, actually, yes, they did. Um, the truth of the matter: the one percent foster a certain set of rich habits earlier on, slowly build from the ground up 
avoid temptations, work hard, save money, invest that money for the future. And they're less interested in the here now. And they have control over their egos and they look for that pain pleasure paradigm in the long term rather than the short term. Now, you know, what is this pain pleasure paradigm? Well, in life, we do a lot and we all as humans try to avoid pain and gain pleasure. And that's kind of what runs our life. And, you know, you look at it, why do students cram at the last minute for an exam? Why do we do our income tax at the last second? You know, it's, it's because they don't want to get, they want to pass the test, but they're putting off the pain of studying, pain of doing the income tax. Same idea. Even exercise. Okay, I'm going to start my fitness after the doctor tells me I'm having a heart attack if I don't do something about it. Okay. So often it's like, okay, I've waited long. I got to do something. And it's because we have to. But the 1% is different. They shifted it from the short term to the long term. And they cultivated their rich habits by flipping that pain, pain pleasure paradigm. They push through the short term of the pain so they can experience a long-term pleasure. And this is what it's all about. It's hard. And, and there's a whole lot of reasons how to do this. And it's about figuring it out. So the exact opposite how most people live, they're focusing on the gain on the short term. For example, uh, smoking cigarettes or eating fatty foods or spending fervously. I'm, I'm just got to pick this up. No big deal. And, and you get this jolt, kind of a dopamine hit by spending at that Boxing Day sale. But then the pain... But then the credit card bill comes in. Do you really need it? So again, and this is a cycle. It just keeps going on. So how do you flip this script? Well, first thing is, is write out the cost of your bad habits. Okay. Actually write them down. Find out what you're spending your money on. Okay. Um, if you're a smoker, how much you spend on smoking? If you're drinking alcohol, how much you spend on that? How much you spend while you're waiting at the cashier where they have all those items that you think you need, maybe it's a chocolate bar, whatever it is, that they're tempting you. You weren't, you didn't go in to buy that crunchy bar or whatever it was, okay? But you came out with one. And you start adding this all up. Um, what about that latte you spend $5 a, a day on? Start tracking it. Well, $5 a, a day on a latte is $1,825 a year. And that money could be put away for retirement and at 7%, 30 years later, that's $172,000. Pretty expensive latte. Well, you, you know, a, a popular, I mean, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a bad habit, but doing it way too often can definitely be a bad habit and actually really be a detriment to your long-term financial well-being is, is actually vacations. <laughs> I mean, you start taking too many and they really add up. Up and a lot of people, especially when they're in their younger age, they say, "Okay, well, I can save later. I'm, I'm going to take trips now." And next thing you know, those are all the ones that are working into their 70s, or maybe not even retiring, or until they come in, hopefully, come into some money from their parents or something. So, I mean, it, you're talking about lattes. That's that's actually like a, a small, small one, yeah, that's but really adds up to that much money. Imagine the amount that adds up when they're taking chronic trips because it gives them that dopamine as well. Yeah, great point. And you know what adds to that dopamine is having your friends like it on social media on these trips. So mm -hmm. you're not only taking the trip and getting, oh, this is fantastic. And then you're getting all these other followers. Oh, I had 17 likes and this person wrote this and it makes you feel even better about it. Again, what's the real cost? So yeah, absolutely, Mitch. I'm only looking at color of the latte problem, which is a small piece. 
So, so really what you need to do is find a daily source of motivation or inspiration and see what we can do to push by all these. You know, stop making excuses. We are absolutely, as humans, the best at rationalizing decision-making. You know, life is going to be hard and it can be overwhelming, but you can't give up. Look at the long term and as, as time passes, you'll get closer to your goals. But don't throw in that proverbial towel because you're going to feel sorry if you don't. And so most people have a great idea, January 1st of the year, we're going to do this, whether it's a fitness goal, whether it's a financial goal, whether it's whatever, but then they, it, it gets hard. It gets hard pretty quick because they've got these habits and habits are hard to break. And 94% of what we do every single day is habit. It's, we don't think about it. It's easier just to go do it by habit. We eat probably the same breakfast. We eat at the same time, whatever it is. You have to bake, break that paradigm shift and make a and make a new habit so habit number one would save 20 percent of your income well they probably think most people would say that's impossible i can't do that well think about it first and say how can we do that and it might be you got to get a better job so you may not be able to actually get save 20 percent of your income now but it might be okay i can't do this now but if i make more money i could do that so maybe go back to school Start working, get, take courses at night. Find ways so that you can start saving 20% of your income. It's possible, but maybe not in the current circumstances. But make that a, a goal of yours that you can get another job. So I'm, I'm hearing other people say, well, I have to live too. I need a life. I need to do this. Those are great excuses. But at the end of the day, as Mitch said, seven, you're still working because you didn't make the harder choices earlier. Um Habit number th two, track all expenses. So most people track their, it's kind of interesting. A lot of people uh, track their favorite sports team, know all the data. They can list off statistics of every single player from basketball to football to uh, whatever their favorite team is. And almost there's an obsession with this these days, but most people can't tell you the first thing of their expenses. Um, and if they, it's funny, if you actually said, okay, well, this person's got so many yards in receiving, well, how much you spend on hydro per month? I don't know. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting where our priorities lie. They'll know more about that than actually their expenses. Um, rich habit number three, pay down debt. If you're accumulating debt every month, you're obviously in the red. And, uh, and they're never going to start accumulating money. So you actually see your bills getting higher, like your debt getting bigger every month. There's a reason you're spending too much. So why wait to the point where your credit cards are at $45,000 or some godly amount like that, where you could nip it in the butt right now and do something about it. So start paying down debt. And by doing this, you're going to say, okay, where are we going to find that extra money? And it might have to be buying coffee um, at home or building coffee, sorry, making coffee at home rather than buying coffee on the way to work. Something as small as that adds up. And it's kind of funny. I go back years ago. I'm talking 30 years ago. Uh, my wife was a teacher back that then. And uh, I'd get, I'd check out the garbage. I'd take the garbage out to the curb. And I see all these Tim Horton cups. So immediately, I went and bought the best coffee maker I can find. I bought the best beans. I got a coffee maker. I uh, Sorry, a coffee grinder. And we switch. She doesn't even like Tim Hortons anymore. And it was it works out to probably... 20% uh, of the original cost of it. And it's way better. And again, so it's just 
but habits keep going because I see the same people carry the same coffee, whatever it is. They even make friends at the drive-thrus. So it's all about changing the habit. Um, open your bills immediately. Rich habit number four. If you're not opening your bills right away, that's probably a sign that you're trashizing something. Ooh, I don't want to open this bill. It's not going to be good. <laughs> okay, so you put it away. I can't imagine that, but that is not a good sign. Yeah, I don't think that bill is going to get lower if you just let it sit there for a little bit. <laughs> no, and what it actually does, it allows you to say, well, since I don't know how much that is, I can still do this frivolous spending on the side and I'll just <laughs> surprise myself later. So again, it's a rationalization habit. So again, rich habit number five is pay on time all the time. Do not pay interest, especially on credit cards or anything else like that. It's insane to pay 20% on, on some bill just because you bought it on sale at Boxing Day that you really probably could have, you, you made it this light, long in life without it. Uh, make sure you're in good position to be able to afford it. Audit your expenses monthly. So it's one thing to say, okay, I put all my expenses down. I don't know why I'm not saving money. Well, actually look at your expenses and compare it. And you might find that maybe your expenses or something is falling through the cracks. You just didn't really do a good job in auditing. And I, I know that sounds tedious to do, but I mean, with all the software out there, especially ones that are already integrated into apps, is TD. I know I'm on, I used my spend and it tells me where I've spent it, how much I've spent, and it makes it so much easier rather than making an Excel sheet and going through your credit card statements and having to do it by hand. That's not something that people have to do anymore. There's technology out there that just integrates right with all of your spending, whether whatever credit card or banking you're using. Yeah, absolutely. And the software, whether it's Quicken or uh, on your phone or anything, whatever whatever the trick works for you, fantastic. Just use it. You know, this isn't just for people that don't have money, by the way. You know, I, we're, a lot of people say, well, you know, that doesn't apply for me. I've, I've got millions of dollars. Actually, those are the people we deal with every day, ones with millions of dollars. And they need to still go through this. And we go through all this in detail it is a libera liberating experience to find out where you're spending your money, what's coming in, and having a good idea um, what direction you're heading. Because our most wealthy clients, sir, their lifestyle is just higher. So we go through all their expenses. And then and we say, okay, you're actually in the red or you're in the green or you can actually are under living. We can, you can live way better than this. So there, it could be both ends of the spectrum. So yeah, this actually applies to no matter where you are in, your, in the financial world, um, call it your net worth world, if you will, but it, it makes a big difference. Um, so rich habit number seven is budget, budget, budget. And it pretty much says it all right there. You know, create the budget and that's what we do. We get down to the nitty gritty and find out what's coming in after tax, where are all your expenses. If you own three properties, what are the costs of those properties? Whatever it is. And we go through it all. It's important to do this regardless. Rich habit number eight, invest in your home. Well, all the rich people in the world generally own their own home. And so it's great to actually own it. If you don't own one, find a way to get one. And then it's always nice to have that and upgrade it and keep it up there, updated. Because, you know, that kitchen and bathroom, it's it's nice. And it's nice to keep everything current because later on, um, you're going to have to do it if you're going to ever sell the house too. Uh, rich number number nine is invest and track savings. So yes, um, if you're saving 20%, where's it going? And where are, we, where are we saving that money? And this is where 
you know, Mitch and I are, are going through and saying, okay, we are now investing it here. Um, because, for example, your dollar averaging, if you're adding monthly, well, dollar averaging may be going into the more aggressive part of your portfolio because it would be buying on the lows, more shares on the low side and less shares on the high side. Whereas maybe your TFSA where you're adding perhaps once a year could be on the safer end of things. And maybe it's in uh, because more fixed income oriented and you don't pay tax on the interest. There's a, there is a method to the madness on where you're going to invest the money and track the savings. Um, at, even more important though is it's so great to have a plan and you can avoid that noise that we were talking about earlier with Mitch. Mitch's case, and you don't have to worry about what CNN is saying. You've got a plan. You're following the plan. And I can guarantee you, after 37 years of doing this, the ones that follow the plan and they don't check it every every year or even, you know, it's one thing to have an update every year, but certainly don't alter it just because what the news is saying. They do the best. Their performance is way better than the ones that always want to check it all the time. And finally, rich number number 10 is mind your own business. Um, some of the most wealthy people in the world are business owners. And if they're not, they're high paying executives. So if you're not gonna run your own business because you just feel it's not your thing, then work your way up the corporate ladder and make a great income. Those are the rich habits for 2024. Again, these are rich habits for a lot longer than that, mind you. But let's see if you can, uh, even if you did, I don't know, say eight out of 10, get an A out of this, that would be okay. Good luck. Everybody. We are. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Mitch Fox are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Mitch Fox are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. All right, your two, uh, 2024 financial goals. It's a new year. Good time to start off fresh. It is. And I mean, December, January, great time to do this. But before I get into that, I wanted to, first of all, talk about the word of the year because I know we missed that last year. Um, it's Riz, which I know you guys are a little little too old for this, but I'm going to teach you here. So it's How do you spell that? Riz. R-I-Z-Z, Riz. This is the, uh, the Oxford word of the year. I'm always Riz. My kids yeah. say that. You're so Riz, Dad. You're the Riz's oh. guy I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's Funny enough, for- my kids never say that to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've just told I've just told my probably first, a reason. I've, I've just told my first lie of the year. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Put it in the jar. <laughs> so, uh, it's short for charisma and it means to have style, charm, or attraction this so i'm just trying to help you guys out and i know you got a little in the boomer age group here but uh december january is ideal to make resolutions for the upcoming year so i know we're already in january but let's it's not too late to do that now maybe you want to try a new hobby or learn a new language riz is technically english 
but I have a few boomers on this show. So I feel like a new language to learn um, it would be a good one for them. <laughs> but don't forget your financial goals you may want to achieve in 2024. The most common goal for 2024 by a poll done in the U.S. is paying off debt. And with interest rates so high, I feel like most of us could have guessed this would have been number one. Um, they're rising throughout the whole entire year. And finally, they took a pause and it's forecasted that it should come down, as Scott mentioned earlier, potentially three times this year, maybe more. Um, so it does look like the, the debt's going to get a little cheaper this year at some point. But for now, that's not the case. Um, there is good and bad debt. And right now, it seems the majority of debt is bad, um, be in line of credits or credit cards, which have high interest rates. And those aren't the kind of debts that anyone wants to accumulate. Not, neither of these debts are paying for an asset such as a mortgage. So that's not necessarily a bad debt that needs to be paid off is your mortgage. And so the debt that really needs to be paid off is your credit card, first of all, and then any line of credit that could be as high as eight to 10, if it's secured, it, 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 line of credit, it could be that high. It could be even higher if it's unsecured. And so those are the kind of debts that really need to be paid off this year. Your mortgages, they don't necessarily have to be paid off this year. But 20, 20, 22% of survey respondents, they hope to pay it off their debt in 24. Baby boomers are the most interested in paying off their debt with 27% saying um, this was a planned financial revolution. <clears throat> uh, almost a quarter of Gen X respondents are also focusing on this financial goal as well. Um, 67% of Americans say they will make a financial resolution for 2024. And I, I think that's great. It's, it's a good amount of people, but it would be an interesting to study to see how many people follow up with what they say and also the ratio to which ones uh, follow through with what they say and the correlation to have a financial to having a financial planner. My, my bet would be that the percent of people who actually follow through and make resolutions as well as put the plans in place are significantly higher than the ones who do not have a financial planner. And one example that comes to mind with this really quick is everyone's saying that they're going to work out in the new year and the gym's busy for one to two weeks starting in January and then mid-January slash February, it's right back to normal. But the, the ones with personal trainers, the ones that keep them accountable and have plans in place for them, they're, they're much more successful in achieving those, um, those workout goals. And it works the same way with your financial goals. If you have a financial planner to keep you accountable... Um, you're going to be much more successful in keeping that resolution instead of just saying, okay, well, yeah, I plan to have this resolution and then it just falls through the cracks and then you do it all over again. December 2023, say you're going to do it for 2026 and the same thing happens. So really need to get that financial planner to have this plan in place. Make sure you have a checklist and review it. Make sure that you're keeping yourself accountable as well as having someone else to keep you accountable. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Mitch Fox are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, 
The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Mitch Fox are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. It's TFSA time. Yes, it is. So we, and, and so do we... Do we, what do we have, leftovers with that? How do we celebrate? <laughs> well, actually, you could have leftovers. You know, that's called a carryover room. So, yes, that's possible. But for those that are, like, religiously putting this money every year into their TFSA, the best time to do it is right at the beginning of the new year. And this year's limit, by the way, this has only happened, uh, first time it's happened, is two years in a row it's now gone up. Two years ago it was 6000 23 it was 6500 the limit. And 24, it is now $7,000 is the TFSA limit this year, which works out to, if you've never done a TFSA, cumulatively, it's now up to $95,000. You can contribute to a tax-free savings account. That is huge. Now, we haven't crossed the six-digit mark, which we will next year. But if you go back to the start of this when it was $5,000, and now we're at almost 100,000 cumulative, like a lot of our clients, in fact, the vast majority of our clients have that have started all the way through are sitting on the, or above $150,000 in tax free savings accounts. So, yes, it is a, a sizable chunk of their portfolio. And we actually do kind of what I call a pie is a pie graph of, of people's net worth and where their money is. And when you look at how much is in RSPs which, and then non-registered in TFSAs, well, TFSAs was the smallest sliver. And now TFSAs are, are a big chunk of people's net worth because, you know what, if, if you have $300,000 in TFSAs, you have a million dollars, there's 30% of your, of your investable assets sitting in TFSAs. So extremely important to know all about TFSAs. So first of all, um, there's a lot of mistakes people make. And this is the problem with TFSAs, is if you over-contribute by accident, it's a 1% per month penalty. So I so said, well, what's that mean? Well, right now, let's say last year, you put in an extra $10,000. Well, that works out to an extra $100 per month penalty on that $10,000 you over-contributed. And so that's $1,200 a year penalty. So, you know, you want to avoid that. Um, on the other hand... These are the, you do not want to over contribute on purpose because some people are actually doing this. I, um, you know, I've heard of it, but I guess it's newsworthy. Some people think they can beat the 1% penalty. So they not only put in their 95,000 limit, they say, let's throw in an extra 100 grand into something and it's actually out, it's going to outperform the 1% penalty. Well, CRA can impose a harsh penalty of 100% of the tax benefit of that over contribution. So if you happen to do well, and let's say you put it in some stock and it doubled and went to 200000 that over-contribution, the government will take the whole amount because you already hit the max. And let's say it does poorly. Well, you still have a 1% per month penalty. And in fact, if it went down, let's say you lost all your money on, a, on some penny stock, you still owe this 1% per month penalty. You don't even have the money anymore. So do not over-contribute on purpose. It makes no sense. Uh, withdrawals and deposits between institution 
um, people often say, okay, I just want to, I'm going to take out the 10,000 out of say Bank Montreal and I'm going to put it to Royal Bank just to put it nice and easy. Or I'm going to put it, take it out and I'm just cashing it in and moving it to another institution. If they did that, that's considered a withdrawal and an investment. Now you can do a transfer and you have to fill in a transfer form where there's no penalty. But if you actually cash in on a TFSA and buy a, a different TFSA with those proceeds, that is a cash in and an investment. And you could have been over contributing with that. So not a great thing. Contributions while away from Canada um, are, are tricky because as long as you're a resident of Canada, you can make TFSA contributions. Once you leave Canada, you cannot. So makes it a little tricky. Okay. So if you're not paying tax in Canada, you know, a non-resident, do not make TFSA contributions. You're not allowed to. So this will trigger, if you do, the 1% per month penalty. But if you cash in money from your TFSA, you need to buy a car and you're in, I don't know, Florida now. You've lived, you're going to live there for two years um, on a job or what have you. Well, if you cash the money from your TFSA, it, it is part of your room. You're always allowed to put it back in. You can't put it back in until you're back as a resident of Canada or it's an over-contribution again. So make sure you know the rules because, and on top of that, cashing in funds while you're out of country quite often is considered income in the country you're living in. So it's a double whammy again. So be very careful. I'm um, talking about foreign investments. If you own a foreign dividend earning stock, for example, a U.S. stock that pays dividends and you have it in your TFSA, they hold back um, withholding taxes on those dividends. And so... Again, it's a problem. And U.S. stocks, you'd never have U.S. dividend-paying stocks inside your TFSA. It'll just cause a lot of trouble. In fact, there is certain investments that are qualified. There is some that are not qualified. And ones that are not qualified are, say, if you have your own your own company, your corporation, you're over a 10% shareholder. Well, you cannot put money into there. In fact, it triggers two taxes if you do put it in TFSA. 50% of the value invested and 100% of the growth it earns. So again, a double whammy. So there is some punitive taxes and probably the best one, the, the one that was fairly recent the last couple of years is day trading in the TFSA. People moving it in and out like every day trying to buy and sell stocks. And, and what CRA actually will do, they will consider this as carrying on a business and it will tax as business income. It will not be tax-free. So if you think it's too good to be true, it probably is. Play within the rules. Talk to your financial advisor. They'll keep you on the straight way, and you can do extremely well going forward with your TFSA. All right. A great way to start the new year, gentlemen. We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Mitch Fox have been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Thanks, gentlemen. Another great show. Thanks, Scott. Again, Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.